Hi, I'm Steve Barlow. This is the Humanized Workforce Future You podcast, where we talk about perceptions of the future, issues we need to be aware of, and their role in a rapidly changing work and life environment. Hi, I'm Craig Saffin. Day by day, we are all learning to live with the impact technology, AI, and changing health and social conditions have on our lives. The Humanized Workforce Future You podcast series thinks the future is bright and something to look forward to. Welcome to the Humanized Workforce Future You podcast. I'm Steve Barlow, and as always, I'm joined by Craig Saffin. How are you today, Craig? Very well, thanks, Steve. Yeah, very well. It's uh, looking forward to the weekend, actually. So, yeah. Great. Okay. So we've also got a guest today, Lee Foster, who's joining us from Brisbane. So welcome, Lee. Good to have you here. Thank you. It's uh, lovely to be here. Yeah. Do you want to tell us and our listeners a little bit about your background, who you are and the kind of work that you're involved in? Yeah, my my background is in engineering, in water engineering. Uh, I've been doing that for nearly 30 years now. I, uh, I started engineering because I wanted to help fix the planet. The, <laughs> the environment was starting to, um, people were starting to become aware that the environment was in, in a bad shape and, uh, and I wanted to help fix the planet. Mm-hmm. So I went off and did engineering and, uh, and I focused on water uh, because I thought, Water is something that's not going to hurt the planet and everyone needs it. Um, you know, <laughs> water is, at the, at the time I thought water is um, the next oil, which is starting to come to fruition now. And, uh, but about 10 years ago, I, I became curious about innovation. Mm. Um, and uh, and I went, went back to university to do my third degree and uh, um, ended up studying innovation and wanted to understand how innovation works and how innovation doesn't work. And from that research, I came up with a a framework um, that describes how innovation and knowledge can work together. So so now um, I'm working with Yuri uh, Timmermans to... um, help uh, organizations use that framework that I've developed to help them through that innovation process and uh, be more successful at it because innovation is really hard and um, yeah and a lot of people just don't really know how how to innovate and what I also I found was that a lot of people don't understand knowledge or manage knowledge very well in fact less than 80 Less than twenty percent of organisations manage knowledge well, so I um, realised that that was an opportunity to improve innovation by managing knowledge. So that's what the framework's all about: um, managing knowledge through that innovation process. Hmm, how interesting! I remember um, when I graduated university, my first degree many years ago in ag science up at Armidale, and uh, I remember the final talk from our professor was that you know over the course of our lifetime we'd have many careers but also he said that water would also become much more valuable than oil he said that at the time and uh, right. it's what you just said as well so i, I find that very, very fascinating hi yuri uh, welcome uh, um, ali i'd like to um ask you about um 
the current water situation. I, since you have an interest in this, it's uh, it's fascinating from a, from a human perspective, and mm. it's certainly we we rely on it. But it's amazing. I think a lot of us take it for granted. Water and um, many many countries and many communities don't have it uh, so available in the world. Mm. So, what, what is your what is the view around the water? Since your altruistic uh, approach, you're trying to. I uh, save the planet and so on. Um, but but ha- what what is yeah. your view about the water supply in the world and what's happening? It, it's really scary. Um, a lot of war is happening now because yeah. water is not available. Mm. Um, water is scarce. Um, and even in Australia, there's so many towns, cities, mm. um, well, well, maybe not cities, but large towns that just don't, don't have good quality water available to them. Mm. And, um, and what tends to happen is uh, people can't drink the water that comes out of their taps because it doesn't taste very well or doesn't taste well enough. Yeah. And uh, so they go to the supermarket and they have a look at the shelves and, you know, water's expensive and yeah. um, to buy in bottle. Yeah. And, um, and then they look at, you know, things like Coca-Cola <laughs> and it's probably cheaper than water so what do they do they they drink the soft drink mm. instead of water and um and a lot of towns suffer from that with um high diabetes um mm. rates from drinking soft drink rather than water when it because it's not available to them even in australia and mm. it, it, i just find that really shocking mm. um water is life and um you, you can't have a good community, uh, a sustainable community without without water, and it's quite scary um, when you're starting to run out. I was I was actually involved in um, in Queensland. There's a thing called the Western Corridor Purified Recycled Water System, mm. which you may have heard out of. I don't know, but um, I was involved in in that project for two years, and mm. at the time. Brisbane was running out of water and it was really scary and it got down to very low levels in our water supply and um and yeah it, it was it was a really interesting project to be involved with but it was just a really scary time for everyone government engineers scientists we were all quite scared <laughs> yeah it's um it's interesting because uh like it's only three years ago at uh you know a lot of towns in New South Wales were um uh, carting water in to the town and um, we were worried about uh, we weren't allowed to use water for anything other than drinking in Sydney. So, but now uh, we've got too much of it, and they're uh, worried about flooding and stuff, and towns washing away. So, yeah, things turn pretty quickly at the moment in the modern uh, uh, global environment thing, isn't it? Well, exactly, and it's only going to get worse. Um, those cycles are just going to become more frequent and and more severe, which is why we need to innovate so we can have okay. a better tomorrow. <laughs> Okay, that's a great seg- that's a great segue. Let's move into uh, maybe a, a little bit more positive stuff because it's a little bit gloomy at the moment. So, uh, you're talking about um, you talk about knowledge frameworks and uh, and also uh, education, and you also one of your other keywords, of course, is innovation. Can you can you talk about how the education and the knowledge and the innovation fit together? Um, yes. So. Um... Yep. Someone asked me one, once, uh, how, which one comes first, innovation or knowledge? Yeah. And my answer was, um, to innovate, you need knowledge, but to to um, create new knowledge, you need to innovate. <laughs> mm. 
Uh, and, and I guess creating new knowledge, um, you then need to be able to transfer that knowledge to others to educate them. Uh, and part of the knowledge management process is really understanding those knowledge artifacts that you're creating mm. Mm. and and finding um, the real the full benefits out of that new knowledge um, and transferring it to your customers or to um, your team your organization and and growing through that um, uh, realization of, of the new knowledge right do you think the companies, in my experience, uh, you know, the companies are very checkered in how they uh, store and uh, make knowledge or information available internally? Is is this something that you touch on? Yes, um, like, like I said um, before, less than twenty percent of organisations consciously manage knowledge more than just at an ad hoc level. Mm. Um, so there's a huge opportunity to improve the way we we manage knowledge, um, and I, I guess it's it's more than just information, isn't it? So mm. it's it's about um, managing that information in a way that can be utilised and um, um, take, taken full advantage of to improve the way the way we do things, mm. um, which creates. You know, that that's the knowledge aspect when you really grabbing that information and doing something with it. Mm. In, the in, in the information era, like it's an information era, isn't it? So mm. the fact that people don't know how to manage this sort of thing is quite um, astounding in a way, isn't it? Because there's a lot of software solutions available for it, aren't there? Um, yeah, there, there is, and there are tools out there. There's organisations mm. out there that will help you look at how you manage knowledge and compare the way you uh, manage it to like organisations. Mm. Um, and there's um, a, a non-for-profit organisation in um, America that does does this, and they have over 10 years of of data about how people manage knowledge and um, the processes that are involved in managing knowledge so they can tell you straight away you know where are your gaps in mm. um, in how you manage knowledge and and how how to improve it but oh, okay. um, not many organizations are a member of this organization I think what's it called it's APqmc <laughs> <laughs> something like that American process quality. Management center, something like okay. that. All right. Sorry, <laughs> off the top That's of my okay. head. That's all right. Um, um, I'll put you on the spot there. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a it's a great organization and lots of mm. lots of information. And I had because I'm in water. I, I had a look at who were, were members of mm. um of that organization, and the only one in Australia is actually Melbourne Water. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I'm a, they're one of my clients is Melbourne yeah. Water, and um, the people that I work with, they didn't even know they were members. Mm. <laughs> so, the, <laughs> and it's not cheap to be a member of this organisation, yeah. and there's just so much valuable information they have there, and they're not taking advantage of it, mm. even though they're members. And um, that's like yeah. a shared, a global shared database of relevant information, is it? Yeah, and lots of training material and mm. lots of how-tos and um, lots of masterclasses are available to members on how to manage knowledge, but all, all sorts of things, not just knowledge. Mm. So they, they do other things around process, um, understanding management process and 
quality control and all sorts of stuff. But the okay. one of the key focus is is knowledge management. Okay. You just uh, changing a bit. You you said that innovation is hard. Mm. Um. Why why is innovation hard? Innovation is hard because there's a lot of uncertainty in it, mm. um, and uh, which creates risk, and um, people are scared about risk. And um, it's also hard because uh, we often use metrics that are normally designed for standard projects that don't have a lot of uncertainty in them. Mm. So if you're using standard project management tools, which 80%, I think it's yeah, 80% of organisations um, just use standard project management approaches to run their innovation projects. And you, when you're doing that and you're using time, um, budget, scope to manage your innovation like you would a normal project, you're going to run into problems because there's so much uncertainty in mm. those aspects. You don't know how long it's going to take. You don't really know what the scope is. You don't know how much it's going to cost. So how can you manage your innovation project using those metrics? Mm. Um, and I guess that's one of the things I came up with from the research was um, a better, I believe, a, a better way of managing innovation through understanding behaviours that can get in the way of innovation, which is um, um, what emerged from the research was mm. uh, trust and energy or motivation. Mm. And those two are linked and we can measure them. And um, it, it's not easy to measure them, but we've uh, worked out a way to, to measure them. Uh, and using quantitative, qualitative methods to to measure them and uh, come up with the score of your trust and energy for that initiative at a particular time. How interesting! Uh, the mm. it's sort of like a change as well, like change management is is difficult as well, isn't it? And and for similar sort of thing. So so what sort of leadership leaders are required? Uh, what's what sort of leadership traits are required? are to steer an innovation um, initiative? Um, yeah, yes, innovation is all about change, right? mm. which is hard. Um, mm. People don't like change. It's another yeah. reason why it's hard. So the leaders are, um, need to really understand why um, why they're doing it. Um, the, the why is so important, you know, as Simon Sinek says, um, you need to really be understanding why because innovation needs a driver to push mm. through that change. Mm -hmm. So, and the leaders need to be showing their energy to the organisation. They they need to be really behind this change. Mm. If, if, if they're not on board, if your leaders are not on board for you, the change, then it's just not going to happen. Mm. So you need, you need that, um, that energy to... Mm to share with others and try and motivate others to realise why they need to do that change mm. and what the benefit is for, for them, for the organisation, for the community. Mm. Um, otherwise, they, they're not going to move. They're just going to go back to BAU. Right. So mm. it's, it sounds a lot like um, like uh, approach to selling strategy internally as well. Like you, ha you have to actually bring everyone with you, don't you? Is that what you're describing? Yes, absolutely. And part of the framework is uh, there's four stages to the framework. Um, and the first stage is form, then mm -hmm. create, then adopt, and finally critique. So in the form phase, we try and encourage people to think about those customers that are going to be using the 
initiative right at the beginning. So you're getting them on board right at the beginning. You're trying to understand um, their needs. And so then when you get to the create phase, you're actually creating with um, the, with them in mind. Okay. Because uh, so, so many initiatives will get, you know, through the form phase, through the create phase, but then they, they throw it out of the fence to, you know, operations mm. to use this great new widget. And they're going, what? Yeah, right. <laughs> What's this for? Why are we yeah. doing this? We don't want it. <laughs> so there's, no, there's no ownership by, to the, who they're giving it to. They don't understand or whatever. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And what about the adopt? So that's the adopt piece, is it? Yeah, that's right. That's so adopt. that's the third, third part of the frame. What was the fourth part? Critique. Critique. So is that like before you start the process again sort of thing? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it is a process, exactly that. So right. the, the critique part is really important and so many people don't do it. And that's why we, I've made sure it's in there. And um, um, and, and that's where you uh, are unpacking all those lessons learned, but also understanding what's the new knowledge that we've actually created here and mm. where else can we make benefit of it. So doing a really good benefits realisation uh, process is something that organisations don't really know how to do mm. and or, or you know, they, they do lessons learned, but then they, they just throw everything into a spreadsheet and go, look, there's our lessons learned mm. and no that's one it. does anything with that. Let's, let's move on sort of thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, when when you're doing the innovation, one of the things that's interested me in the past is in innovation within an organisation, how you adopt it into the business or how it's done in the business, whether it's done through acquisition or whether it's done through putting off a, a separate division or whether it's done within an existing division. What is, what is um, your your opinion about this sort of thing? The best the, the best way to harbour or to um, foster innovation. Oh, Yuri, do you want to answer that one? <laughs> Hi, Yuri. <laughs> um, yeah, just I was just taking some notes, so uh, I was just uh, you repeat the question. So the question is about how do you how do you embed the innovation culture and get the innovation successful within an organization is it embedded in an existing business unit or is it a new business unit is created or is it best to do it through a startup and then have the startup acquired by an organization yeah it really, really depends on the culture of the of the businesses and what you're aiming to do as well hmm. so we're all, all those uh, options are, are valid uh, okay. but if you but it's also man managing your risk as well Okay. So you see a lot of organisations that uh, if they're doing something quite risky, but they've got a, a, a big brand, they'll actually create a, a spin-off brand um, and actually yes. um, yeah. have control over that spin-off brand or, or motiv motivate the people or provide funding for the, for the startup. Uh, so, um, and then uh, an option to buy uh, to buy back uh, later and, uh, and incorporate it in, in some shape or form. Okay. Um, and if you're looking at corporate innovation, uh, do you do it in a, how how big do you do it? It really looks at uh, starting starting small, okay. but it really needs that leadership support. Get something working. Okay. It, and then uh, continue to uh, to scale it to uh, to a level, and then go to that next level of maturity as well. Uh, as you're gathering that new knowledge that uh, that Lee referenced. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, the, the, the really important part, uh, what I've seen in the, in the, in the innovation, is uh, there's plenty of ideas, 
um, it's how do you actually keep keep things going when people change or there's uh, there's something that happens in the in the, in 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 the, in the work environment or the uh, the business environment okay. how do you keep things going um, and the framework really helps uh, manage that and make it make it visible and transparent and then it's really it's up to uh, the organization to actually do something about those things to to move it again but even if it's paused and we're seeing that in some organizations at the moment where there's a change in leadership you're able to pause it and go this is what we know right now this is what we've been learning this is how these are the people involved and you can pick it up at a later point gotcha. And the focus on knowledge objects is um, is really important for that adoption for, uh, and the sustainability. Okay. Thank you very much, Steve. You want to sum up? Yeah, I'll just um, <clears throat> I'll just bring together some ideas here. Um, I guess picking up where you you were talking just then, uh, Yuri, about how to keep things going, and uh, really a, a, a theme of what you've been talking about is the concept of flow whether it be with water that you want to keep that flowing into the right channels or whether it be information and knowledge that you want to keep flowing into the right channels. And uh, in both cases, um, it's easy not to have the flow happening and uh, or not to have the flow happening well enough. And you mentioned that many organisations don't handle knowledge flow very well. Mm -hmm and they don't really have a systematic way of doing it. But also the, 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 the thing is that it's uh, in both cases of water and knowledge, it's life-giving. And if you don't have it, you create problems and social problems in, in terms and health problems in terms of uh, H2O, but also organisational problems in terms of knowledge. Um, you talked a lot about innovation and... Uh, Innovation is, is about movement. It's about new channels. It's creating new pathways, new ways of thinking, new ways of doing things. And uh, sort of address the issue of why that's difficult for people to do. And you mentioned things like it's there's uncertainty and there's risk and people are anxious about uncertainty and risks. You also talked about a non-alignment oftentimes with the tools that are used and the approaches that the standard project management approaches don't necessarily, uh, and they're not necessarily up for the task, um, that you talked about the fact that really innovation is a different way of thinking. It's, it's not the standard kind of way of thinking. You've got to approach it in a different way. You need to use different tools and different frameworks of thinking. And part of the framework of thinking are the human factors. And you mentioned two in particular, trust and energy or motivation, you said, as being critical in, in having the right mental framework to make this happen. And that uh, it is ultimately about change. Um, and you talked about leadership and the need for leaders to really drive this thing that innovation is not going to happen all on its own it needs to be it needs to be nurtured it needs to be driven and leaders need to support it and they need the energy and they need to be sure of what the benefits are and they need to know how to communicate that um, to other people so that they create buy-in 
And you've talked about a, a way of a framework, an approach that you've developed and your team have developed to uh, help organizations and help leaders to achieve the the kind of ends that they're searching for. So this whole idea of flow, of giving life, of of creating movement, of making stuff happen and keeping it going uh, has been the message that I've got out of it. So thank you. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, when, when's the uh, software going live, Lee? It's available now. Available now. Fantastic. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thank, thanks very much for your time and your, your uh, sharing your knowledge there, Lee. And thanks very much, Yuri, uh, for the uh, added value. Thank you. Mm, thanks, thanks for the opportunity. It's great, great to chat. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Humanized Workforce Future You. Please leave a rating or review for the series on the medium where you source your podcasts. The transcripts for today's podcast can be found on craigsaffin.com. That's C-R-A-I-G-S-A-P-H-I-N.com. Please subscribe to the series so you don't miss out on the interviews or the future podcasts.